Welcome back to Grit. I'm Campbell, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by two members of the collective, Donnie D.P. Peters and the resident moose himself, Mo Nawara. We welcome Mo back from his unsuccessful trip to Asheville, North Carolina, but he's back safe in one piece. Mo, condolences, but it's good to have you back on the pod. It's good to be back in ready for football season. I'm ready to be um, watching football this fall instead of losing money. Nice. Happy to be here. Hopefully you, we won't be losing you any more money in the Super Contest. That's the hope. Fingers are crossed here. If you didn't hear last week, go back and check out our quarterback props pod. We've got the most insignificant position in football today, the running backs position. RBs don't matter. RIP. Also, if you didn't hear last week, we are moving feeds. So if you were listening to us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, Spotify, however you are receiving this, just go ahead and search for Gridiron Gamble again, and a second feed will pop up. There'll be mention of Roto Grinders. So just make that switch. We'll continue to put these on the old feed up until week one. But once week one arrives and we submit our first Super Contest card, you're going to have to move over if you want to get some more takes from the crew. DP, how you doing? How's the uh, sharp side world? It's good, man. It's pretty sharp over here. Super sharp, sharp as the devils. I heard you're winning baseball bets now. What's that about? Yeah, man. I'm just I'm out there in the in the baseball streets, slugging away, betting four or five games a day. Um, yeah, doing well. I mean, I listen. I just I just I bet with a group kind of, and we we put our minds together and we talk things through and and whatnot. And I actually hate watching baseball, and I kind of hate it as a sport, but. I'm also a numbers guy and, and I can like look through data and, and generate opinions fairly easily, I feel like. So it, it it's good in that sense. You know, uh, baseball is very much a numbers a numbers game. So uh, but it's been fun. I've certainly watched a lot of baseball and I, I think it's it's absolutely dreadful. I can't believe people actually do this on a regular basis just for solely entertainment purposes. But um, yeah, if you're not already, start betting on baseball because God is it boring. Mo, your thoughts on that baseball slander? Yeah, I just, I don't know. These guys, I can't deal with you guys sometimes. Like, I just came back and was able to start watching more baseball after so much time on the road. I've been immediately watching it, and some fun finishes to some of these games. Uh, Can't wait for the playoffs, man. Baseball playoffs, great stuff. Your, Uh, Your Braves just ruining all of the hope and optimism for my metropolitans these past yeah i've been wondering about the braves i still think the dodgers are just way too good but it's hard for me to get excited because of the dodgers but there's definitely there's definitely a shot all right well let's get into the running back props i know myself i took these from DraftKings and fanduel i actually did some line shopping where i could but i felt like the fanduel props were a little limiting Uh, But I was able to get a good price on there compared to something on DK. And let's kick it off with Mo. The Moose has returned. Give us a running back prop you like for the upcoming season, sir. Well, actually, it's funny. The first thing that caught my eye was a quarterback prop, but uh, for running. Um, (laughs) So I didn't know if uh, I was allowed to uh, tout this one on here, but I'm going to go for it. 
How about Kyler Murray? Um, I'm seeing number around 450 for his rushing. I think this is like kind of crazy. Um, here's the thing. Kyler Murray, I think that he wants to throw the ball. Like, I don't think he's getting back there looking to run, but um, this is telling me he's going to run about like four times per game or something. I mean, because if if you look at he, he ran it something like 12 times per game uh, when he started at Oklahoma, even if you bring that down to like eight, I mean, he only needs to average like four yards per carry or something to like get and And that's just obviously not going to happen. Like he's going to average like six, seven, eight yards a carry because that's what rushing QBs average. I mean, they only run when there's lots of space for the most part. So I think that um, this number is almost saying that he's not going to start all of the games, which I mean, yeah, that's definitely possible. Uh, uh, I mean, that whole line is pretty scary. So I actually think he's going to be running a lot. Uh, he'll probably be running a lot with teams um, way ahead of them. So people will be in some soft zones. Uh, I think he'll probably scramble uh, a good amount when they're down. So I actually don't understand this line at all. So I'm confused. Are you in the high end or the low end? Do you think he's going to exceed this or go under it? Over by miles. Okay, because you you started off by saying that it's it seems like he's gonna not run as much. I was kind of confused there. Well, I yeah, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm baking that into like you know he's running twelve times per game at Oklahoma. I'm even cutting that down to like you know five to eight rushing attempts per game, and I still think this should easily go over. Got you. Yeah, it's interesting. What was the line again? Four twenty-five. Did you say? Uh, numbers I'm seeing is like around 450. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah, he was like a 1K rusher at Oklahoma, right? Yeah, he ran for, um, yeah, I think he ran for 1,000 yards his senior year. Yeah, it's interesting because in earnest, Cliff Kingsbury doesn't want him to run, right? He wants him to be the two-step, you know, not even three-step, like shotgun, plant, decision throw quarterback but knowing that offensive line and knowing that once everything breaks down you know he's he could just drop his eyes and run this does seem pretty solid so and you're the college guy Kyler Murray is such an enigma to me he's getting so hyped and it makes sense coming off of last year where Baker lit the world on fire and Kyler comes out in preseason week one and looks fine, makes some good reads, makes some good throws. But I don't think it's going to be as rosy for the Cardinals this season and having Kyler break pocket and scramble around a little bit kind of fits that narrative. So that makes sense. Do you think he's going to run more or less? I'm asking you, Mo. More or less than Russell Wilson when Russell Wilson first came into the league and was a full-time starter? I would guess less without looking at any numbers, but um, yeah, I just don't even think he needs to run that much. Like this is, he probably only needs like 50, 60 rushing attempts on the year to get to this. So uh, 
I would be surprised if he started all the games if this didn't go well over. Like, for example, like you look at Lamar Jackson and and um, like even like Josh Allen, these other athletic quarterbacks, their numbers are like 600, 800. I mean, this is Dude, way low compared to those Lamar other Lamar Jackson's is like 980. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like, this is really low. Obviously, this isn't, you know, he's not the same type of player as Lamar Jackson, but even like Josh Allen's is in the 600s. Uh, just quickly on Russell Wilson, uh, his first three seasons in the NFL, 2012, 13, and 14. First year, 5.9 attempts per game. Second year, 6.0. Third year, 7.4. And the yards were 489, 539, and then 849 in year three. So um, just kind of a comparison. I know he's compared a little bit to to Russell Wilson. Yeah, that seems like his ceiling, right, is Russ? Which is funny because in fantasy, I think he's going a couple spots ahead of Russ in uh, some of these startup drafts, which is, it's just funny to me. Like his ceiling is Russ, right? Like, and the, his floor is the seventh layer of hell. Cause this isn't a good football team. And there's Cliff Kingsbury's not a good football coach. I don't know. I can't wait till the games get started because some of this stuff seems lunatic, just absolutely lunatic, uh, lunacy. I can't even get the words out. DP, save me. Give us running back problem. Uh, so just quickly, the things I'm looking for in these running back props, good offense for opportunity. Um, but that also means that I don't want you to have a ton of pass catchers because then good offense means you're going to be throwing the ball a lot. A good offensive line. And then, uh, for the opportunity thing, just an emphasis on running two guys I'm looking at initially, uh, going to go to the most rushing TDs. Um, like you, Rich, I did some line shopping between FanDuel and DraftKings to see, I I was surprised with the discrepancy in some of these lines. Um, with how different they were, just being in the same sort of market. Um, I just found that that was interesting. Uh, first one, I'm really high on Aaron Jones this year, uh, plus 2,300, most rushing TDs on FanDuel. Over on DraftKings, he's plus 2,000, so you're getting uh, some extra value there. Um, I think that uh, new head coach, they're going to work him into the offense more. Um, I mean, he's the only real back there. Um, I mean, I know Aaron Rodgers is obviously a throwing quarterback, but um, I think there'll be enough opportunities there for for Aaron Jones to to pile up on the rushing TDs. And then I also like Sony Michelle. I know that I talked a lot on the last podcast with the quarterbacks and how the Patriots are kind of transitioning the way that they balance their offense more. He's plus 2,200 on DraftKings. This one's really interesting because over on FanDuel, he's plus 1,100 in this category, which I think is wild. So... Um, you're getting double the value uh, for for him. Um, the, the the question with with Sony Michelle is obviously is he going to get all of the goal line carries um, because you know the Patriots like to spread the ball around a lot. I think that he'll get a fair amount of them. You also have to factor in the fact that Rob Gronkowski's not there anymore, and he was someone that you know Brady would always look to uh, down in the red zone. So yeah, Aaron Jones plus twenty three hundred on Fanduel, Sony Michelle plus twenty two hundred on DraftKings for most rushing TDs. Sony Michelle, we get it. We're looking for that LeGarrette Blunt. Patriots get into the red zone more frequently than any other team. Maybe you can throw the Chiefs and the Rams in there. And they know what to do when they get close. It's more efficient to run the ball, so they're just going to ram the ball at Sony Michelle. That's a story that I can certainly see. But the Aaron Jones thing, I think the hype's getting a little out of control for this guy. And I love Aaron Jones. But I think my love for him came when they were stuffing the ball for one yard and a cloud of dust with Jamal Williams, and they just needed a better back there. But do we, do we really think an Aaron Rodgers-led offense is just going to turn and hand the ball towards the end zone? That's just something they've never done, DP. I mean, yeah. 
I do. I think some of that is going to be with the new coach. Um, I think he's going to take a little bit of a lesser load off of Aaron Rodgers. He wants to control things um, a little bit more. Speaking of uh, Matt LaFleur, um, I mean, that's just my read on it. It, it could be wrong. Um, another thing that, that, you know, my overall process with this is like, you don't, I don't want to dive into all these favorites, you know, the Zeke's, the Saquon Barkley. Oh, no, Todd, no, no, no. Todd no, Gurley yeah. was up there. So I'm, I'm trying to look for value that's a little bit deeper, deeper down. Um, I, I did kind of want to dive in on Mark Ingram in this, um, but there's a Lamar Jackson factor. So I ultimately stayed away. Although I think the Lamar Jackson factor could also help Lamar or uh, Mark Ingram in a, in, a, in a little way. So that would be interesting. Um, but yeah. I'll give my lead the rushing, lead the league in rushing touchdown selection later. That'll be my last one. But on, in the same vein, I led my analysis off with, we're living in a world where Todd, Girl, Todd Gurley's health is in question. Zeke and Melvin Gordon are holding out, at least at time of recording. And Saquon might be stuck in one of the worst offenses we've ever seen, quarterbacked by either Eli Manning or Daniel Jones, Hall of Fame, Daniel Jones. So yes, you should be taking a long shot, but I'm going to differ from those two when I offer one up. I'm going to get negative. You guys have been very positive. Moe's got an over. DP's looking for rushing touchdown champions. I'm going to get negative, and I'm going to get negative on a guy that you shouldn't get negative on because he's an amazing story. Everybody loves the kid. It's Philip Lindsay, local kid, undrafted free agent, runs like a bat out of hell when he gets the rock, but I don't think his season from last year is repeatable. Uh, he did break 1,000 yards, and his prop is 900 and a half yards on DraftKings, but I am taking the under, and it's because of a, a, a couple of things. One, Denver actually had a pretty good schedule last year. They faced the eighth easiest offensive schedule according to football outsiders and that is projected to flip this season sharp football has them with the ninth toughest defense against the run and it makes sense if you look at their schedule they've got out of conference opponents against uh, games against the the vikings and bears and out of division games against the bills and the texans the texans and the bears finished first and second against the run respectively last year and then if we go down narrative street a little bit Every single day, I'm hearing blurbs about Royce Freeman this, Royce Freeman that. The Bronco guys are just shoving it down our throat. And beyond that, beyond the coach speak, they went out and actively signed Theo Riddick pretty much as soon as he was cut by the Lions. Now, Riddick has since picked up an injury, and uh, his presence isn't going to help us with this bet necessarily at the beginning of the season. But you can see the intent from the coaching staff to maybe give the ball less to Lindsay. In addition to all that, he's just a tiny dude. You know, he's listed at 5'8", 190. Uh, in, in this millennium, only four players have crossed 900 yards on the ground at that height. Maurice Jones-Drew, Justin Forsett, C.J. Anderson, and Devonta Freeman. And three of those guys are built like tanks with, uh, you know, those tree trunk legs, specifically thinking of MJD. So I'm worried about his build. I'm worried about the offense, and I'm worried about the schedule. So I'm fading Philip Lindsay under on 900 and a half yards. Love well, it. You love it. Are you? Are you? Was this one of the ones you picked too? Um, no, I, I didn't pick this one um, because I went elsewhere on an under. But 
Um, I mean, this for all the reasons you said. I mean, they also I, I feel like they're going to throw the ball more. They went out and signed Joe Flacco or traded for Joe Flacco, so you know the balance aspect he might get less touches um i, I kind of like Lindsay in like the passing game if you can find some passing overs on on some yards or receptions i feel like he's a good back to come out of the backfield just everything you talked about with his build his ability in the open field that sort of stuff but as a guy coming out of the backfield just getting handed the rock i mean no just no he's gonna die <laughs> it's gonna happen I mean, yeah, you better I mean, hope so because I don't see any other way this goes under. There's not any other running backs on the roster with a pulse. What are you talking Royce about? Royce Freeman isn't good. He has one bad year, his rookie season, and he's just unequivocally bad. I mean, I thought the hype was like ridiculous last year, so I don't know. So Mo, Mo, not a fan, and he's your division rival too. I thought there might be some hatred here, some hate in your heart. I got Lindsay off the wire last year. He was awesome. Oh, okay. So this, 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 this is this oh, is yeah, so you're just bought in for life. <laughs> <laughs> this is nostalgia. Theory. Don't listen to Mo's Philip Lindsay takes, everyone. <laughs> he's he's biased. All right, Mo. Give us a take you are in favor of them. O line looks decent over there as well. Um Well, uh you actually brought him up. I, I was thinking maybe um over on this Devontae Freeman. Uh, it looks like his numbers are somewhere around 840, 850. I just can't figure this one out. Um, so Atlanta ran the ball less than almost everyone else in the league last year. So there's that. Uh, still, even with that, this number, he only needs around 200 carries to get there. And 200 carries, even at they're like one of the lowest numbers in the league, that they ran it last year, he would only still need about two-thirds of his team's carries to get there. Um, Tevin Coleman out of the way, so I think they have more incentive to give him more touches. Um, so, I don't know. I feel like this one is also baking in an injury. I just can't see any other way. Obviously, he was hurt last year, um, but uh, they're saying he's healthy, so you know, I don't see a reason why he wouldn't be healthy. And if he is healthy... Even with Atlanta's pass-heavy offense, I think he should still go over this number. I think a big part of this is that Tevin Coleman is terrible, right? And we're seeing a lot of Tevin Coleman love with the Niners. There's this obsession with Kyle Shanahan. But Tevin Coleman was basically in a Kyle Shanahan offense last year, given the full load, and took a poop on the carpet. Like, was totally useless as the lead back for the Falcons. And Freeman is really good. Very talented player. The only thing that's held him back, it's never been ability. It's just been injury. So if we can fade the injury bug, then I think we're good here. Mo, you are someone who takes stock in injury. You think injury is almost an ability. I'm surprised to hear you jump on the Freeman train here. Well, I was looking. I'm pretty sure he had three relatively healthy seasons before that. Like, not 16 game healthy, but like 13 plus games. So, I mean, with 13 plus games, you should be able to get to 200 carries. We are very, very, very pro Atlanta on this podcast. I feel like. I feel like I shouldn't be, but somehow I always am. <laughs> All right, DP, what do you got? Um, You want an over and under. How about that? I'll let you decide. Let's go negative. I like negative DP. Okay, uh, I'm going to, you, you, you kind of touched on him earlier, Saquon Barkley, 
under 1350.5 rushing yards on DraftKings. It's 1295.5 on FanDuel, so you're getting a, a higher number to go under. Um, I mean, I don't know what this team has on offense other than Saquon Barkley. I mean, all their receivers are broken, going to be suspended. Like, like it's, the whole thing is a mess, right? And you have Eli Manning, who's just a joke. And if Daniel Jones gets in there, he's a joke too. So I, I don't feel like teams are ever in a million years going to game plan against the passing game. So they're only going to game plan against Saquon Barkley, which he had an awesome season last year. Don't get me wrong, you know, both rushing and passing. He's an awesome player. Nobody's he, here to say Saquon Barkley's bad at football. I don't. Yeah, care. I just don't think that that the, the way the Giants are built is going to allow him to succeed to the potential that he needs to in order to go over 1,350.5 yards. So I'm going under on that. Not, I mean, he can, I think there's a really big window and he's also someone who could, you know, he could have 1100 yards rushing and 1400 yards receiving. Like he, he can, he can do both things. Like, so um, I feel like there's a really big window for me to hit this under. I, I really like it. I feel like a lot of this number is inflated just with his season last year. And a lot of people are just driving the Saquon Barkley hype. And I feel like a lot of the general public are looking at this, like they have nothing. They're only going to give the ball to Saquon. Well, I'm thinking, yeah, they're only going to give it to Saquon, but that's all the defense is going to do. I don't really trust the offensive line there uh, in New York. Again, they have no wide receivers, so I'm just going to take the under on 1350.5 over on DraftKings for Saquon Barkley. Oh, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this anti-Barkley agenda. I think I disagree with this one. Yeah, um, I, I kind of felt that coming. I wanted to I wanted to like under here. The number is really high. Um Obviously, I feel like almost everything went right for Barkley to put up a very similar number to this last year. Um, as far as like he stayed healthy the whole year, all that type of stuff. Uh, the problem is, I think they did upgrade their offensive line. So the offensive line should be better. The offense in general should be better. I think that he definitely is going to go over this if he stays healthy. I mean, that being said, that's going to be tough, but um, especially with the type of usage he gets. But uh, there's definitely some 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 decent over potential, I, I thought, here, unfortunately. I, I wanted to like the under, but I just can't do it. I, I think this line is good, basically. I don't think that like either side of this has that much potential. Yeah, that's where I was landing while DP was giving his take is that I understand the limitations of this offense, but at the same time, he's so talented that these limitations were there last year and he's still crushed. The The one thing that is it's baked into all these running back props is that injury factor. There's no position on the field, at least counting stats position that gets injured as often and for as long, it seems as the running back position so I feel like at the top end of a lot of these props the floor can fall out uh, quite easily I'm going to take another hyped guy and I'm actually going to give you the over and I swear to you I went into this podcast thinking no not knowing not even thinking knowing that I was going to seek a Christian McCaffrey understat I I was so ready to dive in for a lot of the reasons of build that I, I'm worried about Lindsay. CMC is a smaller guy. 
although he's he's a lot more muscular than Mr. Lindsay. And all of the fantasy hype for him right now is through the roof. Both Fantasy Pros and Fantasy Football Calculator have him second in ADP in PPR. I was listening to a Roto World mock where uh, I believe it was Roto Pat, pretty sharp, took him first overall. So I thought the hype chain was was at a level where it was time to fade. But his rushing number is 1,050 and a half yards on FanDuel. You get a 25-yard discount from DraftKings. That's 300 yards lower than Saquon Barkley. Now, he cleared this number uh, last year, and most of the hype on the fantasy side is because of his receiving production. But even with a pedestrian 68.6 yards per game last year, he cleared this number and easily surpassed uh, 1,000 yards. I think there's room for improvement on the ground, and a healthier Cam Newton should boost the entire offense. I mean, in the last game of the year last year, with something Kyle Allen as the quarterback, Christian McCaffrey was only able to muster 18 yards on the ground and was still able able to go over on this prop. Uh, You might be concerned if you're looking at schedule. Carolina did play the easiest uh, offensive schedule in the league last year, but don't fret. They're scheduled to play the second easiest schedule this year and the sixth easiest on the ground. So give me some CMC over 1,050 and a half. Mo, if you like the over on 900 for Philip Lindsay, you got to like the over on 1050 for CMC. I actually don't. What? Yeah, I, I thought this one was another good line. I, I looked really hard at this one. I, I actually wanted to take the under because um, it's hard. I don't know if they're going to give him that many more carries. Um, it doesn't seem like that's the way they want to use him. And like he really killed it when he got the ball last year. I mean, if he has a similar number of carries, I think he's very likely to go under. Um, it's just very hard to average the type of yards he was averaging last year. Um, I think he needs a decent bit more carries than this. I don't know if that's the way they want to use him. So I do think that there's some support for this, though. They they made their offensive line quite a bit better, and I think their receiving core is quite poor. I think he's going to catch a million passes. I I just, without even looking at the number, I would imagine I, I would like his receiving prop overs, but um, I think this number is, like, pretty good. What about you, DP? You're a CMC guy. I am a CMC guy. I think the line's pretty good on, on the rushing prop. Um, I mean, my question would be, how much do we trust uh, good old Riverboat Ron there? Um, I mean, he, he's been vocal throughout, you know, training camp and preseason saying that they're going to put CMC on the field less than they did last year. So he, he, he did mention, and I think we talked about this on, on a recent pod, Rich, um, but how he, he said that he doesn't want to give him less touches, but he wants to put him on the field more, uh, which doesn't really make sense to me because then you're kind of tipping your hand. But if, if they are putting him on the field and, and giving him a little, little bit less touches, I mean, does that affect this at all? I mean, I guess that just has to go into, you have to read into that situation and see how much you believe um, Ron Rivera. Ultimately for me, this would just be a stay away. I, I was, I was looking at this one too. You know, I, I, I like you, Rich. I went into this like, Oh, you know, CMC is a guy who I'm going to look at his rushing prop, right? I'm going to go in there and I'm going to see where this is. 
He got a ton of hype last year. He crushed it. He was on some of my fantasy teams, so I, I'm very much uh, aware of what he did. Um, but, you know, I thought this line was it was a pretty good line overall, so I didn't want to touch it. All right, Mo. Give us one last prop, or if you have a, a bunch of them, go rapid fire. What you got? Yeah, I had a couple more. Um, <clears throat> one thing I was really wondering about is this Sony Michelle total. Um, I'm seeing numbers around 1,100 uh, in some markets that we don't talk about. Um, <laughs> DraftKings has around, I think it was 1,050 or something. Um, let me let me check real quick. Uh, well, oh, they, they have a thousand. You can you can. You, ahead, can, Donnie, you don't always you have to use those. I mean, we don't we don't talk about you know offshore books and what whatnot. We don't we don't promote that sort of stuff. But that doesn't mean you can't use those lines and you shouldn't use those lines in your research. I mean, we've referenced Pinnacle before. That's that's quite often thought of as the sharpest book out there. So, you know, if their line is drastically off one way or another when it comes to anything, you know, props, uh, point total spreads, anything like that, you can kind of see where sharper action is flowing and, and get better options at your sports books. Yeah. I'm definitely not talking about pinnacle, not afraid to talk about a <laughs> uh, little more unsavory types. Uh, unfortunately, pinnacle doesn't, doesn't really delve that much into the props. Um, so it's, you can't really reference too much over there. Uh, <clears throat> anyways, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, the, the Sony Michelle thing is interesting because, I agreed with like a lot of what Donnie said last week about um, their offense kind of looking like they're going to run more. So on the one hand, like if Sony Michelle was just out there running the ball, I think he would probably go over quite easily on this prop. But I just don't know if that's what's going to happen. I'm still seeing a roster here with a lot of different running backs, um, many of whom are capable of contributing. Uh, and then like the the big shadow looming over this to me is is drafting Damian Harris in the third round. Um, this guy is more of an every down type of back. He was um, a player on Sony Michelle's level in terms of uh, seen as like an elite high school talent produced uh, in the SEC in college. Um, I mean, Alabama running backs have not had the best history. I've, been a big critic of the way they use their running backs actually but Damian Harris did not get ran into the ground whatsoever like some of these other guys somewhat did um he because he was kind of sharing the backfield always and um despite like his status as an elite talent and his high level of production he was never just like you know 400 carry a year type of guy um so I I wonder if they're going to more plan on using him when they when they have the lead, kind of in the same way they used to use LeGarrette Blunt. Um, so if that happens, then I definitely don't see Sony Michelle going over this number. And, you know, we all know that Sony Michelle has had some troubles with injuries. He's I just actually just reading he already had a knee scope. They're saying it's not a big deal, but, you know, I don't know. You never know. And um I just think that a lot has to kind of line up for him to go well into the four figures here. So I kind of like under on um, um, Sony Michelle. If you can get over 1,100, I really like the under. Um, at the number on DraftKings, it's probably still okay, I would guess. Um, another one I thought 
was David Montgomery. I'm seeing um, numbers like in the 770 range um, for him. And I think that when I look at this roster, uh, who else is running the ball over there? I mean, Jordan Howard here, he cleared 900 yards last year. And that's running for 3.7 yards yeah, per and being awful, like being awful, yeah. a, the ultimate plotter. <laughs> and so, back. yeah, like he's he was very poor last year, ran for poor numbers on a per temp basis, still had 900 yards, Um, very uh, pretty solid O-line still, Uh, an offense that we believe in. I mean, it made Mitch Trubisky look like he had a pulse. Uh, I, You're going to have to lay some juice here. The numbers I was seeing, you're like minus 150s or a little north of that. But I think there's going to need to be an injury for David Montgomery to to go under this. Uh, I mean, obviously they have like Tariq Cohen. But it's not like there's not other possibilities for running the ball here. Mike Davis is, you know, a, a warm-bodied veteran. I mean, he's not like going to there and just completely look awful. But... Um, as long as David Montgomery, I mean, they drafted him in the third round once again. So that's just what I'm thinking with some of these backs. It's like they're using draft capital on these guys. They're going to give them touches. And I just don't see anyone else kind of being the every down guy. Um, so I think that uh, a number around, if you can even get north of 800, I think this is still a solid bet. DP, what you got? Uh, going back to my guy, Aaron Jones. Um, so I like the over on eight uh, touchdowns, and I also like the over on 98.5, 980.5 yards, which is on FanDuel. Um, on DraftKings, that number is 1,025.5. Um, so last year, he only had 133 carries. Uh, both seasons in the league, he's averaged 5.5 yards per carry. Um, if we can just get him up to 180 to 200 rushing attempts, I think he easily passes this yards number. Um, last year, he fell into the end zone eight times. Um, I think if that production increases like I think it should, this year the over of eight should be a good bet as well. So I'm taking the over on Aaron Jones for uh, the eight touchdowns and then 980.5 yards on FanDuel. So it's actually interesting about Aaron Jones. I just want to interject here and say no team ran the ball less than Green Bay last year, and only one team averaged more rushing yards per attempt. Yeah, they were number so, one in rushing efficiency on football outsiders. So I don't know what that means, but I feel like it means... It means they should run the ball more. I don't know what more. it's actually going to mean, but it, <laughs> do, it to me it definitely means it looks like they should give the ball to Aaron Jones more. For sure. But does that mean it's going to happen? 2019, Matt LaFleur coming from the McVay tree. Look, the, he could get the most efficient looks at the goal line if Green Bay turns into the offense we think it should. And it's marching up and down the field, but I I don't know I just I I don't see if Rodgers has uh, total autonomy at the line I still think he's gonna want to th- chuck the ball Th- that's probably his biggest leak is how frequently he wants to throw the ball near the end zone when you should run the ball more. But I love Aaron Jones. Don't Listen, let's wrong. hope they're up more games this year and they just give him the ball to ice it. Another distinct possibility. All right, let me wrap things up. I teased it briefly before. Touchdown prop. How about Chris Carson leading the league in rushing touchdowns, plus 2,200 again with Gurley, Zeke, Gordon, Saquon, all with question marks. Take the long shot. 
Carson had nine rushing touchdowns in 14 games last year. Everything out of camp seems to indicate that he is miles ahead of Rashad Penny. I think Penny played into like the third quarter of the first preseason game. So Pete Carroll and company seem to be all on the Carson train. The Seahawks love to run the football. Brian Schottenheimer loves to run the football. They're projected to face the third easiest rushing schedule in the league, according to Sharp Football. Couple that with the eighth easiest offensive schedule. We're talking two games against the Cardinals, two games against the Niners. Delicious stuff. And then down in the Renzo, there's no more Doug Baldwin to rely on, and DK Metcalf is just a rook. I know he's massive. I know he's a big body, but it's going to take some time. So give me some Chris Carson, plus 2,200, to win the rushing touchdown title. Mo, it's not your boy something Rawls. It's Chris Carson. Yeah, I was looking at Chris Carson uh, for some of these props. It's I, I like another name, though. I, I do understand where you're going with that, though. Um, problem would be that Seattle has still a really poor offensive line. Um, I, I, I think Dalvin Cook is actually the value play here. Uh, yeah, that was he's, juicy. That was a juicy one. He's a little lower at 33. But, man, there is not another running back with a pulse on that team. Like, there's nobody taking his carries. So, <clears throat> it's basically... I especially like to look kind of at the at the longer shots, I think, for the for the touchdown props. It's just really hard to project touchdowns. So, I think out of the lead backs that are going to get carries in the red zone, I, I don't know how excited I am about Minnesota's offense this year, but... He seems like a fine play at thirty-three to one. I feel like Zimmer just, just, just seeing the way he coaches and that and how they fired um, that. I think DiFilippo, that OC who just like wouldn't run the ball. Yeah. I, I feel like he wants to run more. Well, it's so funny too with Stefanski to keep it on the Vikings here. Stefanski is kind of just like Coach Flip. He's a pass heavy. He's I believe he's from the, the McVay tree, or he was also part of the Eagles tree. Wants to throw the ball, but he also wants to have a job. So I, I think he's going to, you know, he's going to take the corporate mandate and hand the ball to Dalvin Cook when Zimmer wants him to. So, yeah, I was I was looking at that as well. Um, the Vikings, man. Every year the Vikings look like they should be awesome. Yeah, every year. Every year. I looked at this one too. My, my, my worry is that they want to pass too much in the red zone because they have Diggs and Thielen and Rudolph and and my if I was the coach I'd be like get the fucking ball out of Kirk Cousins' hands and give it to the fucking running back because that guy is a fucking joke and the backbreaker is just waiting to happen. Yeah. That said, they never they don't really seem to do that all the time. Um you know they they just for whatever reason they they like to throw. So if they do subscribe to more running with Dalvin Cook who I think is really good. Um and, and I know he got injured but but these these athletes just come back even better from injury now than they ever have. So I consider that almost like a very minuscule, if nothing, worry. Um, so yeah, I, I like this play as well. I'm just a little bit worried on what they're going to do. You know, come come red zone time. Um, you know, from a balance standpoint, I, I think there's some merit to Miles Sanders as well, sixty to one. Um, I they have other decent running backs. I don't know. 
I mean, when they take him in the second round, I feel like they very much want him to be the starter. One of their other decent running backs is Darren Sproles. We don't really expect him to be carrying into the end zone very often. Jordan Howard, I mean, we think he's bad. And this old line is really good, and they should score uh, a lot of points in general. Um, relatively easy division. feel like they should be up in some games. Don't hate gambling at 60-1. to 1. Yeah, I like that story, for sure. Biggest fear I with... I can't si- wait until everyone just gets pissed off at Jordan Howard for, <laughs> for vaulting touchdowns from Miles Sanders. For plotting into the end zone. The biggest worry with Sanders seems to be fumbling. Seems like it was a big issue in college, and it's been a big issue in camp as well. Makes sense, small guy, getting used to playing against men. So if that continues to linger, if their offensive line is that good, then they will just in turn and hand it to a plotter like Howard that'll hold on to the ball and just hit the hole and fall into the end zone. So get ready to get annoyed. But I do like the shot because the story is there that Sanders takes over in an extremely efficient offense. And those are the RB props. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GridironGamble. Follow these guys at Donnie underscore Peters and at Mo Nuwara, N-U-W-W-A-R-A-H. Remember to move feeds. Just search GridironGamble wherever you are listening to the podcasts. And enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy preseason week two. Hope your dynasty guys and future bets don't get hurt. Until next week, peace out. Peace out.